We're gonna make a podcast about Death Note and I'll get my friends to watch it on TV. I already showed them a couple shows so they have trusted me. Maybe, kinda. Hello, good morning, good evening, good whatever it is, wherever you are. And welcome back to Sudden But Inevitable, the single season television show rewatch podcast starring not only me, but... Also, the second Captain Boot Scoot, a.k.a. the second Vanilla Husband, Jesse, and of course my lovely wife, Mrs. Sutton. Welcome to the show, Mrs. Sutton. How has your week been? Good. I hope all of those things are good things. Oh yeah, those are just my list of nicknames. None of them actually mean anything. One of them was given to me by a stripper. Awesome. <laughs> now, of course, it's not just me and Mrs. Sudden here to walk us through this week's episode of Sudden But Inevitable, which, of course, is covering Death Note episodes 13 and 14. That's what we're doing for season four. No, it's not just us. We have my longtime friend and regular co-host, Josh, the head of the Twist My Arm podcast network. Josh, how has your week been? It was me. I was the stripper. It's okay. Don't worry. <laughs> my week has been fine, though. Um, you know... I've been working. I've been doing a lot of good stuff. Uh, Quest Me had their first like real episode this week with Phil. That was a ton of fun. Um, Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars, indeed. Uh, so Josh, of course, is talking about Quest Me, which is the Star Wars podcast that is sort of the genesis of Sudden But Inevitable. Josh was watching The Mandalorian back in the day, and he was like, come be on my Star Wars show. And of course... I showed up snarkily. So, if you haven't, go check out Quest Me. I think you're going to have a good time. But it was such a good um, show. <laughs> is Kenobi doing, is Kenobi fun? Are you enjoying Kenobi? Kenobi's great. Um, Kenobi was the most streamed series on Disney Plus so far uh, oh, wow. to date. And, and it's it's worth it. I definitely would say check it out if you haven't yet, Jesse. I, would, <laughs> I have not. Uh, and I would imagine that every new Star Wars show that comes out becomes the most streamed thing ever on Disney Plus would be my guess. That's not true. Um, That's not true. Boba Fett was not. Boba Fett no. kind of wasn't it streamed a lot but it wasn't a crazy amount. Nobody hates Star Wars like Star Wars fans. Oh, it's the now, worst. <laughs> speaking of hate, we do have one more person to introduce you to this evening. He is a regular part of the crew. And of course, I am referring to Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Welcome back to the show, man. It has been a while. How are you doing? It has been a while. Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm a little bit sad this evening. Uh, it just came out that Raised by Wolves on HBO Max has been canceled. Uh, two seasons are out. It's a it's a crazy show. It's very <laughs> cerebral and nothing makes sense. But when you watch it really closely everything is connected and kind of makes sense. It was a great show and I'm just really sad that it's gone. I am too. The I Scott one. Yes. Yes. I, I really liked the first season. I think I binged the first season in the, over the course of like two or three days. Um, I am probably part of the problem though, because I haven't seen the second season yet. So that's definitely partially on me. My apologies raised by wolves. Definitely go check out raised by wolves though. It's really good. And we want, you know, the people that make stuff to know that we like, more than one season of a thing. At least Raised by Wolves got two. I guess that sort of disqualifies it for our show, but I mean, you never know. We, we, we'll 
we'll we'll get into that now. Of course, let's say hello to everyone in our live chat, and that, of course, right now includes Callie and Rona D. Thank you for being here with us. I know it is morning where you are. Thank you for waking up early. It is evening where we are. We just we're not morning people in general. So thank you for being here with us. We deeply appreciate it. Now, I as I mentioned, about. I'm a morning we, person. I'm up at like six or seven um, a day, bro. When I say we, I mean me, just so <laughs> that everybody is clear on a thing. Um, we as in the show, we, right? Like, Sudden sure, But Inevitable sure. is not a morning person because it happens at <laughs> night. <laughs> um, but because it's a podcast, you can download it and listen whenever you like, and you should do that on your favorite podcasting app. Now, as I mentioned, season four of Sudden But Inevitable covering Death Note. Now, Ricky D and Josh, not big anime fans in general. They both liked Cowboy Bebop. Mrs. Sudden, not a big anime fan in general. How would you describe your feelings about anime? It's like creepypasta to me. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> it kind of makes me uncomfortable most of the time. Ooh, yeah. Is it? Do you think it's the uh, just the way it looks so much different from like Western animation? Sure. Like Disney and that kind of thing. The stories are usually pretty strange. I don't know. I guess I loved Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z is very soap opera. It's, it's their noises, huh? It's the way they eat. They're like, and they like do all the crazy. But they do that in Dragon Ball Z, and she liked that show. It was more colorful than a lot of them, too. Dragon Ball Z? Yeah. I could it, see that. Yeah. So, as you can hear... She's lukewarm at best on anime. Uh, but you have seen all of Death Note, the show that we're here to talk about. And is that the only anime, maybe outside of Dragon Ball Z, that you've seen all of? Yes. A couple episodes of Pokemon. Yeah. Maybe two episodes of Sailor Moon, maybe. That that show is kind of, you would think I would have liked it, but I didn't. I just didn't. I don't know. So boondocks. Probably Wouldn't the Boondocks be considered an anime? Oh, yeah, she doesn't like Boondocks either. Um, oh, okay. Well, pff, failed. I mean, I think it is, though. I mean, it's an, it looks like an anime, right? Like I, Ricky, do you like the Boondocks, right? I actually have not seen it. Oh, my really? goodness. Mm-hmm. That kind of surprises me. I think you yeah. might like the Boondocks a lot, Ricky. I probably would. You know, I didn't hit the Adult Swim stuff as hard as everybody else did. I'm familiar, but I'm definitely not well-versed. I could see that. I, I'm kind of surprised that having you uh, live live with Phil didn't put you through like nine or ten animes just by proxy. I was the alpha in our relationship previously. Uh, <laughs> things have changed, but at the at that point, I was the alpha. Now, now uh, Phil is definitely in charge. Yes. <laughs> uh, Callie D says, "Gotta watch them all." Uh, so that is uh, that is probably closer to my policy than your policy, okay. I would think. Um, <laughs> So, do you remember how I sold you on watching Death Note? I think I just told you this is kind of like um, Criminal Minds and like true crime stuff. You're you're big into true crime, right? Okay, I have to ask a very important question. It's something that is hitting me visually right now. Joanna, are you intentionally dressed like Misa from these episodes, or is this just a coincidence? Yes, both. <laughs> I mean, I already owned all of it, but um. Yes. Okay. As soon as you showed up on camera, I was like, oh, that's very similar. It was husband's. It was his idea. Okay. But, yes. but like that she said, makes, you didn't have to buy anything yep. new. Yeah. So, yeah. I can see that. 
And I figured it would really drive home the, like, Jesse is the narcissist storyline that has permeated all all seasons of Sudden But Inevitable up to this point. And has bled into the TMA chat. My God. I mean, it happens, right? So... I think it's funny, though, because I think Ricky D and you probably have similar resistances to anime where you're like, okay, there's no way this could be a story I care about. Um, so we have to use like side streets to get you into it. So Ricky D, at the start of episode 13 here, this is the, basically this is right before uh, Misa finds light, right? So we've met the Misa character. We know that she has the Shinigami eyes but we have yet to see these characters cross paths. And the beginning of this episode is kind of like a weird... There's a conversation between L and Light where there's like a weird game of ego chicken where they're like, this is dumb. No one would do this. And like they're talking about themselves, right? But they're trying to get the other person to slip up. And I just... I really like that we get to see L deduce what's actually happening while Light is kind of looking at him through the back of it. So going into this episode, Ricky D, I know at the end of our last episode, which was two weeks ago at this point, you were saying you were really excited to see what was going to happen. You felt like we had unfolded another section of the map, I think was the phrasing that you used. How did you like episode 13 just kind of overall? We can get into specifics as we go. I uh, honestly, I wasn't a big fan of episode 13. Um, I'm not liking where the new Misa character is taking things. I thought that she would be really expanding things, but I feel like she's very, she's this uh, character that kind of closes things off. She's not as, I don't know how, I'm, it's hard to explain what I'm saying, but it's just, she seems like a more of a finality than a beginning. Whoa, I got completely opposite vibes from that i feel like i feel like misa is gonna start some like real shit like she's gonna she's gonna be the one you know to really kick things off and like maybe take us into an even bigger world like like the the analogy of opening up another section in the map i feel like she's the guide to the next map and I In might be saying something similar to that. I, I do think that something big is going to happen because of her, but I think it'll be kind of a, and I feel like it's going to be destructive on the world rather than constructive. Well, yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think Ricky, I think Ricky is seeing the restrictions that she is adding to light's operation. Mm-hmm. Whereas Josh is seeing her kind of more how Light is seeing her, where it's like, oh, these are new options. There's other things you could try now. Like maybe you, you know, there's a different route you could take to get to the same place. I got some experience points. I just need to figure out where to put them. Right. <laughs> you got to the delegate tree. them. You have to delegate them correctly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Callie says, loving the Misa vibes, though. I got to agree. I love the Misa vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that was Misa was kind of your first character that you were like oh i like this character in this show right who was oh i know who was go ahead it was the shinigami ryuk yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so how do you feel about the differences between ryuk and riem uh sorry rem uh misa's shinigami versus light's shinigami i don't like how boring she is like i'm she's like dreary she is like yeah like i don't know she's not funny i don't like when characters aren't funny (laughs) kind of my problem with 
a lot of anime. I don't. It's like British humor. I don't get it. Well, <laughs> right. It's too dry for you. It's too uh, blah. Drawn out. Drawn out. Gotcha. Yes, she doesn't like when I bloviate. Uh, or when Dragon Ball Z takes four episodes to do something, but it's okay. Yeah, but I mean, you kind of like that. They cut some in half for the American version, so it's okay. That's true. It's okay. That's true. They did do that. Um, so, Josh, what about you? I know that you are a big Shinigami fan. Um, how are you feeling about Rem in episode 13? I mean, I like, I, I like her... I like her. I should just say that. She's she's different. She's a different kind of uh Shinigami, you know, and it's she's more of a I feel like she's more of what a Shinigami would actually be. Like Ryuk is awesome because he's like he's like the outcast. He's like the black sheep of the Shinigami. And you you see that more and more. I think this episode was the one where they uh Misa explains how to kill a Shinigami and he's like, "Huh. I didn't I didn't know that. That's crazy. Like, like he doesn't care about the Shinigami, and I feel like Ren is, is, is Ren or Run? Ren? Ren with an M, I think. Oh, with an M. Kylo Rem. Okay, cool. Um, so she... Rem sleep. <laughs> There's that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's how true. everybody I'm else sorry. in the world would remember it. Thank you, Ricky. <laughs> Man, I don't think you understand how much Star Wars I've been watching. Yeah, lately. no, I get um, it. Yeah. But she, I feel like, embraces more of what the Shinigami are all about. You know what I mean? Like, you find someone that you actually care about, whereas Ryuk is like, I don't give a shit about anybody. I just want to see this funny stuff that happens. Mm, I, would, I would go with they're, like, two different kinds of outcast from, from the Shinigami realm, right? Because, I mean, Jealous, that we, that we saw in the previous episodes, was like, oh, no, I'm in love with this girl. And... It kind of seems like maybe by proxy Rem fell for this girl, but it was like, was Rem in love with Jealous? What is going on here? Like, why Why does... Because Rem's like, I developed feelings. and Like, she says as much in the next episode, and we'll get to that. But I feel like Ryuk and Rem are both different than the rest of the Shinigami in that the rest of the Shinigami are like, nah, we'll just hang out, man. It's fine. I feel like <laughs> I want Ryuk and Rem to fall in love. Like, I want those two Shinigami to fall in love. And see what happens there. Does the universe explode? Is that what happens? Because that would be kind of (laughs) crazy. If two people write each other's names in the Death Note at the same time, with the same cause of death, with the same details, what happens? (laughs) I kind of want to know that. That's That's a great... You know, that'd be a great Romeo and Juliet ending, right? (laughs) <laughs> They're like, oh, oh, we love each other too much. Let's just write our names in the book. I, uh. I mean, it wouldn't be. Uh, it, it would be a little. People might call it a little bit derivative, maybe. <laughs> but I could see it being the way that she decided to run. I, I really like that. Basically, a girl's voice happens at a at the door, and then lights sister comes running from the other room. Like, excuse me, comes running out of frame. Um. And I, okay, so in this episode, there's this coded letter that she sends in the form of a diary, right? And she's like, here's all these places and all these locations and times, and I may or may not be there. You may or may not be there. And Light figures out, okay, I'm going to go to, I think it's Aoyama, Aoyama, and I'm going to look around for this person, but I'm going to have one of the detectives come with me, and I'm going to have Ryuk behind me flying, like, keeping an eye out right and 
he's very nervous because he's like, okay, this is dangerous. But what did you think about this um, sort of bringing the detective on a fun field trip thing, Ricky? Was this kind of like part of what made you go, this episode is not my favorite episode? <laughs> yeah, it was silly. I because he was sent out there by L, correct? Am I getting all this correct? Yeah. Yeah. I it just it seems weird to be just wandering around populated areas looking for a murderer. Like <laughs> I I would I feel like there should be more concrete evidence that are going to lead you in a more certain direction rather than just well check now, out populated areas to be fair ricky he didn't say go check out populated areas he said watch out for people with notebooks or people who go to clothing stores uh so to your point yeah that's too many people that's not specific <laughs> enough <laughs> everybody at every school ever I, and yeah, what, like I, a... it's not yeah um i don't super disagree with that and i i, I think i see where you're coming from um, Josh, what about you? What did you think of the like well, sort of cool hangout, te- like school trip thing? I mean, it was it was kind of a good distraction, I guess. It could have it could have worked out as a distraction. I'm I'm more kind of concerned about how Elle is unraveling a little bit in this. He even like mentions as soon as he gets all that information, he mentions like I don't even know what to do with this anymore. I don't even I don't even know how to handle this, but- and. He's like subtly reading Light's reactions, because he's like, right, like because he still has that seven percent inclination mm-hmm. that he's you know uh, Kira, and that's all fine and dandy. Like I'm, I'm glad that he's still onto it and that he's still looking into it and he's still having the detective like eh, keep keep a li- keep a eye on Light and keep this between you and me, you know. And he's still got his suspicions, I but would- I I'm just more focused on like. Is he going to break? Because he kind of looks like he's going to break in this episode with his, with his, like, man, some of the shots of his eyes, just like, he's very intense in a lot of this. And then even just him mentioning, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do here. I, I feel like, I feel like Kira and Auntie Kira are kind of, uh, I don't know. They're, they're, sh- making him weak or showing a weakness out of him or something like that you know there there's there seems to be a crack in the armor I, there I it is thank you i would like to take a moment to say hello to our friend angelus in the live chat hello angelus thank you for being here uh this is uh my lovely wife mrs sudden here on the camera with me she has been through all of death note and is married to me so that is a good indicator <laughs> what kind of patience this saint woman has yeah it's <laughs> she's literally the only person for the job now yeah. i i think that my favorite part of this episode and i remember on my first watch going oh she's gonna run out there and be like hey what's up kira like this is you know me which i think they're sort of sort of conditioning us to expect right but then we actually get her being way more intelligent than light had expected and she's like oh first five minutes that he's been in town i've got it whole mission is done like all i gotta do is look for the one person whose lifespan i can't see and we're done and then even ray or ray (laughs) damn it josh i'm sorry even rem (laughs) is like are you not gonna go meet him and she's like 
that would be a terrible idea, don't you think? There, That's not the way to do this. So she waits a little while before she goes and does it. But do you remember what she thinks his name is after she sees him? Ricky D? Moon, which is uh, what came up. Moon, but it's red like light, I think was specifically what it is. And that came up when he was speaking with that girl earlier uh, in one of the previous episodes, the um, FBI detective character. And it shows a consistency uh, for that reason. And I, and I think that it's one of those like small details that you can notice in the plan. I have to point out these two comments. <laughs> I loved when Elle went, this is so dumb, I don't even know how to handle it. The ultimate way to defeat super smart people. Don't outsmart them, <laughs> outdumb them. And then her mother, Rona, says, I spend my life outdumbing the world, but it still wins. <laughs> That is, uh, that's that's great. That's the kind of exchange that we like to have in our live chat, and that's why we point it out. Even when some of our reviewers complain about it in the reviews, which I still am never going to get over. Thank you for being here, live chat. Thank that's, you, Josh. That's thank definitely you, and thank you, one Mrs. of the Sim. most ridiculous reviews ever. But I'm okay with it because it has given us just hours of barbs to send at that <laughs> random anonymous Canadian person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we do get... A moment of Misa doing some, like, catfish-style reverse Googling of this name, right? And did you guys notice that she's listening to our theme song on the radio as she's looking up Light's personal information? I'm kidding. It's the Death Note theme song. One of those moments where I was like, oh, they are having... It's like... In the aforementioned Pokemon, I'm pretty sure there was an episode where Ash is like whistling the music from the video game right. as he walks up one of the routes. So, do that nice all the little, time. There's like, you know, yeah. elevator music that has the main theme a lot in different movies. And... <laughs> Did you guys get the soundtrack to the Pokemon show? Um, I had a copy of the one from the movie. Okay. Um, the first movie, because it had that great cover of the theme song from TV. Um, and the Britney Spears song Soda Pop was on that album, I think. Yes, it um, was. Just so that you know that the kind of person that I am. <laughs> um, we recently watched the Britney Spears movie Crossroads because Anson Mount is in it, and he is the captain of the Starship Enterprise in Star, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which is the subject of another podcast that I'm on called Open Pike Night. That's why I brought that up. Just wanted to do that organically here at this juncture in the podcast. Um, so I will ask you all three, is there anything from episode 13 that I have blown past or walked over that you feel we have to discuss? Let's start with Ricky D. Yeah, one of the things that I really thought was interesting is they are continuously referring to Misa, the new Kira, as a man. It's always, he's doing this, he's doing that. And I think that's really interesting, and I think that would happen in real life because when you're looking at somebody who's committing murders and doing these, like there are certain crimes that are male centric and certain crimes that are female centric. And uh, it's just, it's interesting that they're calling Misa he just uh, before they really know all the information. You're, you're thinking like um, tampon theft versus like car theft, right? Yeah. That's, that's right. what you're picturing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I would like to say hello to our friend Robert from the Science Fiction Remnant podcast in the live chat. Hello, Robert. Thank you for joining us here tonight. Um, but it is a fair point, Ricky. And that's actually, I think, a trope, right? Like, so 
anytime you see a group of people going, why is he doing this? If there's a character they always refer to as he, that character inevitably, but suddenly at some point will turn out to be a woman. That just happens pretty constantly, especially in noir and crime style things. Um, did you have anything else, Ricky D, or shall we jump to my friend Josh? Uh, just the other thing, and I feel weird about saying this after I mentioned uh, Mrs. Sutton is dressed similar, but uh, the way that Misa showed up at Light's house, I was like, oh, she, uh, that's, uh, that's pretty ballsy showing up at Mom's house wearing garters and short skirts and chokers and... Uh, Boobsy, I think, is the word you're looking boobsy. for. Boobsy, but yes, very boobsy outfit. Yes, um, and it it was definitely like the the it, the shot right was drawn in a way that was like, look, she's not subtle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Josh, what's on your mind? I mean, it, you're squinting it's hard. It's just it's the what to further Ricky's point. It's kind of creepy. Like she was to me, she came off as just so creepy and like needy. obsessive. And not, yeah, not, I wouldn't say I mean needy, kind of, but more obsessive than anything because she's just like, I will do anything for you. And then on the flip side, I kind of like, I swear to God, every episode I go from I kind of like light to I kind of don't like light. And this one at the end where he's like, Oh my God, I can manipulate this girl into whatever I want, like. <laughs> It's kind of mean, man. I mean, I get it, but like, that's kind of mean. So, and just so we're clear, Josh is going back and forth on a mass murdering sociopath. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. No, that, I, I think it. that's the strength of the show. That's how I feel about Thanos. <laughs> I, you know, right? Team Thanos. God. Yeah. I love that what if episode where he's like, but it was. It oh, was I don't legit. know if I've seen, if what? I've shown her that. I. Think you saw oh, the first you should. You need to watch oh, so it. We'll watch that after this episode of Sun. Just that, Avenue, just the quick. Guardians of the Galaxy one yeah. with Thanos I th- I think is right. You'll wonderful. Like Josh is actually pretty good at picking out things you will like. Actually, so is Ricky D. You guys have similar tastes. You guys both like uh, Freaks and Geeks and Parks and Rec and Thirty Rock. I think. I think there might be one more that I'm forgetting, but I know those are the touchstones. The Office. Yeah, Ricky is Ricky likes The Office, but he uses it as an entry level show to talk about other shows. Yeah, mm. and everybody likes The Office, and I hate everybody, and it's just it doesn't fit together. It's a bad math problem. No. <laughs> I, was gonna say. I just watched The Office for the first time during COVID because I had time to do it, and I fell in love. Now I watch it every night before I go to sleep. Did you watch all of The <laughs> Office? All of it. Yeah, yeah, wow. one through nine or whatever. You can watch all of The English Office in like a day. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> back to Death Note. Um, Josh, were there any other notes from episode 13 besides I think I may no longer be on the side of this mass murdering sociopath again um, <laughs> because he was mean to the cute girl? Well, I just, it's not its not that. It's just like I go back and forth because I like the character. You know, sometimes I like the character, sometimes I don't like the character. Fully but, understand. No. I'm doing this for illustrative purposes. <laughs> um, Ricky did a great job segueing into what I had left. So thank I, you, Ricky. I agree with this. Now, moving into episode 14, um, the first note that I wrote was, wait a minute, she can see Shinigami names? Because when she meets Ryuk, she goes, oh, hey, that's your Shinigami. By the way, I already know your name. It's Ryuk. Does that mean she can see Shinigami names? 
I took it as Rem had been talking to her, and maybe the Shinigami realm is a small enough place that most of the Shinigami know each other. And so when there's a couple of them on Earth, they're all aware of who's on Earth. Uh, Ricky, that's that's racist. <laughs> to see one Shinigami and then see another Shinigami and go, hey, do you know that guy? That's <laughs> that's racist. Um, it's like the definition of racism. So uh, <laughs> I apologize be. on Ricky D's behalf. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I think that was it. Um, <laughs> but I, I think to your to Ricky's actual point, we have seen the rest of the Shinigami going. Wait, where's Ryuk? Isn't he supposed to be like hanging out? They know with who us? he is. Yeah, he's got a reputation, right? He's, he's got two death notes. <laughs> People know about Ryuk. He's a Shinigami about town, okay? Um, so I think it's not implausible, to your point, Ricky D. I feel like in this episode, the fir- one, of the, one of the smooth things that Light does that's manipulative is... She- so Misa says something like, Light, darling, do you know how to kill a Shinigami? And instead of going... Holy shit, are you serious? He goes, he goes, did she just call Did you me call darling? me darling? <laughs> like, dude, you should be flipping out and needing that information immediately. <laughs> like, you should dig on that the second it comes up. But he knows that if he does that, she's going to be mistrustful or like, oh, maybe I'm, you know, maybe because he doesn't know yet, like how hopelessly devoted she is. So I just I really like this moment of him being smooth by by not doing like freaking out when she mentions that. Now, at the same time, in this episode, L is like, yeah, it's definitely light. Like, he's he's Kira. <laughs> like, he's got to be Kira, right? Because two people went to Iowa, uh, Ioma, and it's definitely not the detective that I sent. So, yeah, it's probably light and. He, but L does the same thing that Light does, right? He's not like immediately giving away that he thinks that. He's still burying the lead. Now, what do you guys think about the comment that Ryuzaki never sleeps? Do you think he actually never sleeps or does it just seem that way? Because the reason I bring it up, the wonderful Mrs. Sutton actually never sleeps. She sleeps like, what, five hours a day if she, if I can get her? to sleep like she's four and a half she like she has to wake up early so she has time to do everything she wants and have some time to herself we have a three-year-old toddler um so we both work full-time jobs based on the new rules that we just found out you could uh you could uh take take care of that three-year-old toddler with a death note (laughs) but if that happened a Shinigami would certainly turn to dust somewhere, right? And one of us would be infinitely granted life for the rest of ever. So how That's do we pick deal. which one? Are you talking about the amount of days that someone can be alive? Yeah, it was like two years. Yeah, two, two. I think it was 2.15 years is what I found yeah. out. Is the total on the on the, uh, yeah. the rules yeah. list? But, so like what, two and three months? Right. So the S- screw this wait, kid. He he spilled his milk on the floor. He had his name in the Death Note. <laughs> but I mean, the world of Death Note would indicate that that happens sometimes, right? Like, I, if I that's mean, how the Shinigami. It has to, well, obviously. actually, but no. Think about it this way. I like to think that the Shinigami. No, because they're if they're adding years to their own life, that would be like their primary target, right? Because you'd want to get people with the most life left. Like, yeah. That makes sense. 
I suddenly do not like any of the Shinigami whatsoever, like at all. Oh, Brittany is here. Hi, Brittany. Uh, Brittany says he sleeps with his eyes open for a quick power nap, Major pain <laughs> style. <laughs> I I think that this is a first episode where I think I noticed that they had gone to such an effort to make a difference in the way that they draw L's eyes very round and wide and uh, Light's eyes very uh, thin and almost cat-like, like a predator. Like he's very, yeah, his pupils are kind of slits and like eh. um, cat and mouse style, I guess you could say. Um, but Callie D says, I absolutely believe that L just naps while he sits with his eyes open like guinea pigs. I I feel like I have fallen asleep since having the aforementioned three-year-old. There have been a few times where I fell asleep like this, like not laying on anything, just sort of sitting up, but for long enough in one position. <laughs> um, so I don't think oh it's God, impossible it's just, to, to He's just like that. a real dad, Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> You remember Grandpa back in the day when he'd be like, Grandpa, are you awake? <laughs> huh? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just resting my eyes. <laughs> so this next scene, uh, Misa explains killing a Shinigami. And again, like, it's sort of like, okay, so anyways, <laughs> blowing right past that, um, I am going to have to just keep dating girls. So I hope that that's okay. <laughs> and through this whole thing, I noticed that Misa doesn't blink the way that L doesn't blink, but she only doesn't blink if she's looking at light. <laughs> and as soon as he's done Which explaining this- She's crazy. Right. And she's kind of the audience avatar in this episode, which is the cutest I've ever been, honestly. Um but she, because she's sitting in the chair and lights going, here's the situation. This is how this needs to go down. Here's how things are. <laughs> Our friend Robert says, imagine Ella as a grandpa. Uh, Callie says, I knew a guy who would frequently sleep while standing. So whenever we were waiting for a bus or something, he just dozed <laughs> off. He once fell asleep next to me on a roller coaster. I believe the word for that is narcolepsy. That is n that is dangerous and should be looked into. I think. <laughs> like I don't think you're supposed to fall asleep on a roller coaster. <laughs> that could hurt you. <laughs> Um, but I'm a little jealous. I will admit. Terrifying. <laughs> that would be terrifying. But man. it would be nice to be able to just like I could do. I could dig that as a superpower, honestly. But it, it, she's the audience avatar in that light is sitting and explaining to her everything, right? And she's going, "Oh, okay, all right, cool." And then she goes, "I have some more questions for you." After that, and she just goes into full-on cute girl mode. So, Ricky D, I have a question for you here. Yes. Um, so light pretty clearly considers himself and Kira in this moment to be two separate people, right? So he goes, you, you're in love with Kira. You don't even know me. Now, is that a tactic to get Misa to, like, chill out? Or do you think that's actually how he feels? I think he legitimately feels like that. Uh, I mean, he's talking... He opened up this episode going, man, I could use the Shinigami eyes that Misa has to kill the entire investigative staff. And then I'd have her killed too. And then all my problems would be solved. And that kind of dark evil thinking doesn't suit up well with a normal bright college student. So he has to kind of create these two different identities for himself. And it also helps that he's going by Kira during that time that helps build that wall in between those two personalities. 
He's evil Batman, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't disagree, and I like and I like that answer. Um, Josh, what do you think? I would have to agree. Evil Batman. And it seems like he's willing to play fast and loose with that borderline when it's necessary, right? Like, I am Kira. Yeah. Or, oh, no, right. you love a concept named Kira that I'm in control of and created uh, and mm-hmm. give I think it's kind of to. But. <laughs> I think it's kind of like a, a celebrity thing, too. Like, it's like, you know, you have a celebrity crush. Let's say, like, I went and told Michelle Trachtenberg that I had a, a huge crush on her. She'd be like, no, you're a... You have a huge crush on Harriet the Spy. Yeah, that's what it was. You, oh, I was trying to find Harriet the Spy in my head. I think she's laughing at you. That's fine. That's fine. But have you seen Eurotrip? Yeah, that was like 20 years ago. <laughs> Look, she's she still looks great. You know, she follow her on Instagram. She's she's great. I might actually. I follow most of Nickelodeon on there. Nineties <laughs> Nickelodeon. Okay, live chat. Sound off. Who was your first celebrity crush? We may as well go down this avenue while we have the opportunity to do it. Uh, Ricky D. Who was your first celebrity crush? Man, I'm gonna have to think about it for a few minutes. Uh, I mean, okay. Buffy. Um, For me, it was Amy Jo Johnson who played the Pink Power Ranger. Um, oh and, yeah, and also Susie yeah. Q and the movie Susie Q. That's a good one. Um, I don't. I can't give you a year on that. Okay, Harriet the Spy came out in '96, so that I makes sense. I was like Michelle eight. Trachtenberg. Yeah, I know. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I was like, trying to figure out Amy the Jo Johnson, and he's like, Power Rangers, Michelle Trachtenberg. Like, here's why I did this. <laughs> because Amy Jo Johnson was, I believe, '96 as well. I was looking up all of our the years to see how how old we were uh angelus says no she is mine jesse <laughs> uh <laughs> britney says jonathan taylor thomas and devon sawa somebody went and saw wild america when she was yeah, no when doubt. it was in theaters <laughs> devon sawa was mine too casper it was when he came out as casper casper 93 yes. <laughs> oh casper the foin ghost yeah, so De- yeah devon sawa yeah, yeah. I'll fight Britney. So Power Rangers came out in 93. So that would have made us around six or six-ish, five yep. or six-ish. Yep. Okay, so my first real crush was April O'Neil, right? But like my first human crush was Amy Jo Johnson. Daniel Radcliffe? That's I'm like Callie. Amazing. I'm having a really hard time figuring this out. Daniel it's Radcliffe? because you don't like anybody, Ricky. <laughs> yeah, Ricky, you have to enjoy people to have a crush, man. Like... Uh, absolutely not. I can enjoy their aesthetics without having to talk to them. I just found out why Ricky is friends with me. <laughs> um, let's see. But I, I'm not saying Daniel Radcliffe is a bad answer. It just I sometimes forget that that could oh, be a crush for somebody. Like it's... he's so normal looking to me. Well, I mean, t- I, my I had Frankie Muniz, so Daniel Radcliffe is oh. more normal than Frankie Muniz. I, I was obsessed. It, I don't know about that. I feel like Frankie Muniz is a little more normal than Daniel well, I mean, Radcliffe. Uh, Oh, look, Rona says Davy Jones. Oh, hey, I met Mickey oh. from the Monkees. I love the Monkees. Yeah, uh, my my wonderful mother-in-law, Mrs. Sutton's beautiful mother, loves <laughs> the Monkees. Huge Monkees <laughs> fan. Um, nice. So that that is not lost on us. Uh, Angela says Terminator, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, April, uh, sure. Paige Turco, uh, Secret of the U's. Yes, go ahead, Ricky D. I found my answer. It's not a TV character. It's actually a book character. Uh, Cho Chang 
from Harry Potter. Oh my god. She was the Ravenclaw That's girl hilarious. that Harry had a crush on. And I remember I read all of those Harry Potter books, the first one through five, maybe even six, ten times each at least. And I remember everything about Cho Chang. And I don't know why. And I except her name but I have, just right now. <laughs> Yeah, I just have imagining a, Cho Chang. It's exactly. I you, you thought about her before I went to bed. I it was yeah. See, so it was that, weird. That still to me makes me think that you don't like people because you are in love with your own imagination. Is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Angelus says you're off the hook, Jesse. I just realized my first crush was April O'Neil too. And then Robert says for me it was career opportunities, Jennifer Connelly. Uh, I yeah it's uh, it's I there Jennifer Connelly is is a an actor of eras I think for people um let's not get into that so this was a this was a very fun digression here at Sudden But Inevitable into celebrity crushes um I'll be honest I do like oh, there needs to be a poll we brought it up the reason that we brought it up is because you know what? Actually, I really liked the brunette sister on The Secret World of Alex Mack too. Uh, I think her oh, name was. I think okay. the actress's name was okay. Meredith something. I'm not 100. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, Lennox. speaking of, go ahead. Where's Josh. Meg right now? We could use a little thirst in our chat. <laughs> oh, Ryan Archuleta in the chat puts up Xena. Lucy Lawless is a good answer. Oh, okay, that's a okay. that's a good answer. Um, but we brought this up because Misa Amane uh, turns out to be a little bit Jurassic. famous, right? <laughs> turns out to be uh, Callie takes it back. Uh, T-Rex from Jurassic Park was her first celebrity crush. I was four, and that's the love of my life. I think that is possibly the most legitimate answer that we've gotten on the live chat so far. It's she a loves thing. destruction, apparently. And, and... Um, I loved that movie, and it gave me nightmares, but I still loved it. Um, so... The reason, as I said, that we brought it up is that Misa Amane, Light's new girlfriend, is a little bit famous. And he's the only guy ever to go, oh, how awful. <laughs> he's like, this is just going to make everything more difficult. Why does she have to be famous? Oh, and she's a model? Okay, great. Yeah, great. Everyone knows what her face looks like. Everybody knows her name. This is the exact opposite of the person that I need to be around. But, for better or worse, he's stuck with her now. And to Ricky's point, he's kind of like how long am I stuck with her? Is it forever? Is it until I can find a way to use her? Like, what do I do here? And... Well, and doesn't he say in the last episode that he could just kill her or something? No, and so then, that's this episode. That so this he goes, one? Okay, yeah, he's yeah. trying to set up this board for her, and he's like, okay, look, if you go too far, I could still kill you. Remember, the moment that happens, whoosh. Okay, we've got... Shinigami shadow all over. And Rem is like, um, no, not an option, just so you know. And then so he still is thinking about it. Okay, what if I did that? Now, as soon as she thinks that it was me, she's going to kill me. This is a Shinigami monkey wrench in the plan. And I feel like this is the first time that Light has had like fear for a Shinigami. Up until now, he's just like, yeah, Ryuk's my guy. What did you think about this scene, Josh? Well, now by this scene, he's he's now been threatened by both Misa and the Shinigami because when he was talking about dating other girls, she was like, "I will end you if you date other women." And then now he's saying that he could kill Misa and her Shinigami's like, "I will end you if you even think about touching her." And so he's getting it from all these different angles of like, "I'm I'm just gonna die." So 
I feel I feel for the guy, kinda, I guess. Josh is actually just, feeling bad just, for light. <laughs> see, and here we are. And it, but but on, at the same time, I feel like he kind of deserves it because he's he's turned to the dark side, if you will, in a lot of ways, and so he's kind of reaping what he has sown. And just like how Misa explained to him, I had to find Kira because Kira, you know, took care of the murderer of my parents. And I fell in love with them. Then I feel like he has, he, you know, like I said, he, he he planted those seeds and now they're growing into a Misa Rem psychotic, I will kill you type of thing. Tree. <laughs> um, so <laughs> yeah. when we were watching together, I think the only note that I brought up that was almost a complaint was, I sort of wish there had been a longer pause between when Misa says, and then they let that person go the very next thing she says but then kira killed him and i was like if you'd paused a little bit longer there i would believe the devotion a little bit more just like from a voice acting perspective but i love this twist in the story because it gives mm-hmm. her a reason to be dedicated without ever having met this person before right because other otherwise this is sort of an ask to be like Oh yeah, she's totally hopelessly devoted to him and he's going to use her and she knows that and she's cool with it. Without some sort of like really intense layer, that doesn't work, right? Like there needs to be a reason that she's okay with being used and she states that to him directly. But then we meet Miss Takata, who it actually needs more attention than Misa, like they're just in class and she's like, why aren't you looking at me? And he's like, cause we're in class. <laughs> like, what do you want? But as soon as he realizes that she's a little bit of a narcissist, he seems kind of attracted to her. Right. He's like, Oh, she actually likes all this attention. And you can hear in his voice that he's kind of into that. So narcissist with the narcissist, it's like, it, it almost feels like that's what they were trying to set up with light and the Takata character. Now, my last question from episode 14 is, does anybody want donuts all of a sudden? I don't know how all the sweets <laughs> look so good. Um, we can, well, we the came way from that Cowboy Elle just sensually eats them. Yeah, that's what because like. we came from Cowboy Bebop where the food wasn't always beautiful on screen, but it was always integral to the plot. Here, it's like purely just a fun thing for Elle to be doing, but they look so good. Like... I kind of want to go get donuts after this. Do you want to go get donuts and we'll watch What If? Not really. Oh, well, I'm going to get donuts and watch What If without you. They just look, they do look good, you know? And and even though he's going to eat it in a strange way or like sideways or have touched the entire thing. But I'm, even I'm, just him spinning it in his hand is like, oh, yeah, yeah see? Yeah. <laughs> Lick that donut, Ryuzaki. Right, I'm, I'm getting a little turned on here. I need to turn that off. <laughs> yes. Uh and uh Callie makes a good point as far as repetitive moments repetitive movements for ADHD or ADD and autism is called stimming as in stimulating. So you have repetitive mo- movement to regulate emotions that can be tapping, nibbling nails, rolling donuts in your fingers, that sort of a thing. Uh Robert says bell peppers and beef minus beef, good cowboy bebop callback right there. So, as I generally do, uh, is there anything from episode 14, Mrs. Sutton, that you feel like you want to talk about before I ask Josh and Ricky? Light's little sister is me. 
<laughs> I was that little sister. Super into celebrity and need to know what your your older sibling is doing. Exactly. That's it. Yep. A little bit Sounds nosy. like my little sister. Yep. Hey, Jen. I know you're not watching, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> I've met a bunch of Josh's siblings. I don't know that any of them felt nosy to me personally. Emily Emily was always around. She always wanted to hang out. She, and and to be completely honest with you, Emily, when she you know when we were younger, she she would always ask about Jesse. Is your friend Jesse coming over? Hmm. Play some video games? Because she would always like so hang out playing that. video games. Or those no, I'm serious. Nice. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. Um, is there anything from these two episodes, gentlemen, that you feel, or from rather episode 14 that you feel we must discuss? Let's start with Ricky, and then we'll jump to you, Josh. Yeah, there was something that I brought up a few weeks ago, the last time we did this podcast. Uh, and I was predicting that Misa has borderline personality disorder. Uh, and I pulled up some traits of borderline personality disorder that I wanted to read off. And we could just kind of think about how they apply to the Misa character. And I also want to say I'm not trying to be uh, discriminatory or exclusionary against anybody with borderline personality disorder or any other mental diseases. It's just uh, something to watch and take care of. So... Uh, so the nine symptoms of borderline personality disorder, fear of abandonment. Misa definitely has that unstable relationships, unclear or shifting self-image, impulsive, self-destructive behaviors, self-harm, extreme emotional swings, chronic feelings of emptiness and explosive anger. So okay, I think so a lot of those. Oh, go ahead. Every last one of them. <laughs> pretty much. Fits her. It's almost like she goes through it as a list. The only one that yeah. I would say that she doesn't have an issue with is shifting self-image. Um, Bullshit! She put on a wig. Yeah, but she's not like trying to be someone else. She had she was conducting a strategy reconnaissance mission. Like, but I feel like she she's done that multiple times before. She's a model. Put that on to be somebody else. <laughs> she's a model. A model to be somebody else. It, it, it like her job is to have a shifting image. I don't know that that means that she is a like can't decide who she is because she seems very confident in who she is. Is the reason I say that? Uh, okay, all right. And she seems extremely confident, but also she seems like she wants to be, uh, you know, the little extra bit of uh light. Mm. Like she wants, she doesn't want to be a full person. She wants to be a minor extension of light which is kind of a weird selfish because she does seem to think a lot of herself. Yeah. But then at that other point, maybe not. Well, and it's, it seems to, it seems to vary depending on the situation because when he's like, I'm going to date other girl, she's like, no, you're not. And he's like, okay. Like, I mean, he, you know, they get past it, but she's, she's like, I'm going to say like, uh, no, here's my boundary line. And, I could kill you too. Don't forget. Like I have my yeah. own death note flying over back here. So um, I like when people in the live chat agree with me. So thank you, Angelus. That means the world to me. Uh, is there, <laughs> is there anything, but I like the list Ricky and I think we can keep it going forward. Absolutely. Because we've only seen Misa for, I think uh, three or four episodes now. It's hard to remember. We only took one week off of podcasting and I feel like it has it feels... been a year. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't remember Dude. you guys' real names. I don't remember how to toss you the the conversational segue. I had to watch the last two episodes just to like get caught up again. I, so I was like, whoa, what's happening? Yeah. And I've watched <laughs> so much TV in the time that we haven't been podcasting. Like TV. You mean 
Trek. Yes, Star Trek exclusively. <laughs> Strange New Worlds on Paramount Plus. I watched episode four of Memento Mori. Go check out that episode of Open Pike. It's available now. And this weekend we will be recording our episode on season one, episode five, Spock Amok. If you have not yet watched those two episodes, go do it, and then go listen to those episodes of Open Pike Night and get ready for season one, episode six, whose name I don't know yet, but I might by the time post-production rolls around, and send in your thoughts or jokes or questions regarding Strange New Worlds at 90 seconds or less audio to openpike at gmail.com to be part of the show. Now, getting back to Death Note. Is there anything from episode 14 that you feel we must get to? Josh, I believe Ricky had a turn, which means it is now your turn. Um, We didn't... We didn't even touch on the fact that Light asked Misa to ask her Shinigami to kill L. Oh, uh, yeah. And then the um, episode is over. Which is, <laughs> which is crazy. But that's, that's what I'm, you know, you know, come on. So now. what did you think Bring of that scene, Josh? <laughs> I'm still kind of curious to see what actually happens with that. I mean, she obviously agreed. Rem obviously agreed to do it. But it seemed like... Right after that, uh, Light realized or remembered L saying that he might be his only true friend that he's ever had. And I feel like there was a little bit of regret there with Light because I don't think he actually expected that to be the answer. I don't think he actually expected Rem to be like, yeah, okay, I'll do it, whatever. I, I know that he didn't expect that because he just, he literally goes, is that all it took? Like, <laughs> yeah. Did I seriously just need to ask for this thing? Uh, Ricky, what did you think about this scene where Light says, will you kill L? And Rem goes, fine. <laughs> uh, it Honestly, it, that one didn't stick out a lot to me. I didn't have any notes for that. So what? I might need to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's like the integral part of this episode. But we know that it's not that easy. Like there's no way yeah. that in the next episode she goes, there he is, he's dead now. Like, you know what I mean? So I, I see where Ricky is coming from. Like, it's a great setup for the next episode, but there's not a ton of notes you can make off of it. I just am hoping that once they go to figure out what L's real name is, they can't see his name or anything because he's also got a death note or something like that. That's my bold prediction of the week. <laughs> How many episodes and, until that happens? I, I hope it's only a couple more. I've been calling it the whole time, right? That that L has some sort of death note. <laughs> I think we're off the time travel. So the first thing that Josh thought was that, and this is not a bad idea. I just oh, ha- yeah. I tell people this because I think it's actually a good idea. The first idea that Josh had was that L was actually a alternate future version of Light who had gone back in time to stop himself. And I was like, that's not bad. I listened to the show, I know. Oh, you're a big Sudden But Inevitable fan? Why do you like Sudden But Inevitable so much? Because the guy, one guy's on it that's really hot. So, oh, I don't know. Ricky D. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Hey, Ricky. Hey, what up? Hey, girl. <laughs> You'll see with some of my, one of my segments, I'm in Star Wars mode right now, but I was in multiverse mode when I made those predictions of the time travel thing. <laughs> I and, have... and Star Trek mode a little bit, because I... I'd watched like all of Discovery. Yep. It, it, it tends to happen. Uh, well, if you guys don't have any other notes for these two episodes, then I think it might be time to move into our segments for the week, which is a thing that I love to do. Are you guys ready to go? Do you have any other notes we need to talk about? Ricky, do you have any other notes? I'm good. Josh, hit that bumper, my friend, for a shot of the show. 
Shout Out the Show, as you know, is where we share our favorite visual moments from this week's pair of episodes of Death Note, the moments that now live rent-free in our heads above all others. I know that we don't have a a online guest, per se, but since Miss Sutton is graciously here with me as our guest, why don't we have you go first? So Josh, if you don't mind, bring up her first selection for Shot of the Show, and sweetheart, just explain to us what you like about this shot. I want those eyes, because red eyes are cool. <laughs> Colored contacts are awesome. But no, I think it's really awesome seeing how they actually work and her um, realizing that um, she can see his name, but it's not correct and that she can't see when he dies and i just i really liked it glasses are kind of familiar yeah that's probably also why kind of familiar glasses (laughs) yeah Yeah. i like that and this is actually comes right after an anime trope that we talked about Uh, i think we talked about it in previous episode of this where you'll see the shining glare on the glasses and then it shifts so that you can see the eyes behind Uh it i love this pic i also have to point out this comment Ricky D is very hot. <laughs> it is why we adopted him. That's a weird way to pick family members, Callie D, but we appreciate the compliment <laughs> to Ricky D. Very uh, in America, but that is all right. Oh, she's not in America. Well, that must be it. why. Okay. Know. She may not know. That's how they do it in Europe. That's that makes saying. better that sense. And the South. <laughs> That's actually what I've heard about Europe. So. That's how they consolidate power to monarchies. <laughs> I didn't know you were a part of a monarchy, though, Callie and Rona. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Maybe lead with that next time. Oh, we have standards. Okay, see. <laughs> then how did you end up with Ricky D? But I'm dumb. I couldn't help myself. All right. Standards? Josh, go ahead and bring up Ricky D's first sh- pick for shot of the show this week. Yeah, so this exact same shot was in, I think Josh is who picked it uh, for the last episode, but I thought it was very interesting. It was, that it was the Phil. Was it Phil? Oh, I'm sorry. I just yeah. thought it was very interesting that this exact same shot came up again. Uh, and it also, it says a lot about Misa's personality. And I, I'm pretty sure exactly what Phil said the other week. But uh, these are just two really cool uh, kind of like bondage dolls. Uh, I just, it's, I don't know. I just really like the shot and I appreciated the way it showed up again. Okay. Uh, next segment for the live chat. Guess what everyone is doing after the show immediately. Josh, if you don't mind, go ahead and bring up your first pick for shot of the show. <laughs> This week. So you remember when I you remember when I told you that I had a little bit of Star Wars on the brain? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I loved this shot. I I really liked immediately before this where it was just a dark background and the red beam going across. But I really enjoy the magnified face with the you know just this this whole concept of this shot is really fun for me. Um visually it was just like oh man okay all right i need to know what's going on like i'm paying attention now i'm good to go have you seen those like 90s school photos with all the laser lights behind them and stuff (laughs) yes what i'm picturing here like with the black and pink and purple (laughs) like sears had a couple different ones that you could pull down why did it remind me of kylo ren though i feel like that's why he looks like kylo ren is that why like it just that's what i see that's i don't want to say it is or it isn't why but (laughs) josh is like he's my favorite though i love him i can neither kylo confirm or kylo deny (laughs) why i chose this shot but that might have been kylo part of it kylo yes yes glamour shots Brittany. thank you it's the glamour shots by deb of of light yagami there Ah, I love it. All right, Josh, bring up my first pick for Shot of the Show this week. So here we have 
two or three versions of Misa, right? We've got the wig, we've got her in the mirror, and we've got actual Misa, and then we've got the guardian angel of death of Misa, the avatar of death Misa floating behind her. Look how many personalities of her there are in just this one shot. She's looking directly into her own eyes. Uh, right behind that little bony protrusion on Rem's neck, you cannot see it in the shot, but her glasses are actually sitting there on her desk next to her, which is symbolic of her Shinigami eyes, right? The tool that she has to kill right next to her. Just beautiful composition on this shot, sort of a classically film schooly style shot, and I, I couldn't help myself. That is a good one. Thank you, sir. Josh, if you don't mind, please bring up Mrs. Sutton's second selection for a shot of the show this week. <laughs> He's in gossip mode. <laughs> <laughs> Shinigami in gossip mode. Yes, he just he looks like he's ready to, you know, chat and find out about boys, and I just I, I love this so much. So it kind of reminds me of the way Misa looks at Kira. There's it's very <laughs> lovingly. Yeah. Yeah, but he's definitely ready to talk about all the different crushes, celebrity crushes. That <laughs> he's Light definitely has. going, so, dish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That's it. <laughs> I really, I love, I love Ryuk this whole episode, honestly. That is, that is definitely one of the moments. The other moment is when uh, L goes, I think you may actually be one of my best friends ever. And Ryuk goes, <laughs> lame. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> He's definitely that guy that's on the side of the conversation that's putting in his little quips, you know. Yeah. I, I love <laughs> sweet. I love uh, peanut gallery. Peanut gallery Ryuk. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right, Josh, give us Ricky D's second pick for show of the show this week. Yeah, this was uh, right when Misa was saying, "If you date any other girls, I will have to kill you or kill them." I can't remember which one it was. Uh, kill you. Yeah, but it's got the red eyes, which is, is symbolic of her power again. Uh, and it's also, it was an extreme emotional swing, which is a trait I just brought up a few minutes ago, uh, where she was all happy and loving and, re or sorry, Light's best friend. And now she's turning and going, I might have to kill you. Don't put me in that position. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill your dog. So she's actually threatening to kill any girl that she sees <laughs> okay. Light with in this, in, this, yeah. in this shot. But I know exactly what you're talking about. And mm -hmm. it is a shot that we've actually seen um, used on Light as well. Uh, when when he's you know deciding oh I'm gonna kill some people now like his eyes will turn red and they'll do that kind of a thing even though he doesn't have the same power that Misa does Josh go ahead and give us your second pick for shot of the show this week so mine just it reminds <laughs> me so much of like high school <laughs> you know like having a bunch of friends over and then mom walking in and going oh shit put it put it away put it away put it away what's up mom how's it going. But the funny part about this is that mom can't see the Shinigami, obviously. She only sees Light and the lady friend. You know, even so we, if there weren't any Shinigami around, there's no way my mom would let me be alone in my room with Misa at that age. Oh, okay. At 18. I was glad you I clarified right there. I say the same, but... <laughs> I, so, I mean, all I could picture was Rem going, so what is this, like your mom or something? <laughs> <laughs> She she cool, bro. She yeah. cool. He looks like, hey, Mrs. Yagami. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you, you gonna get some pizza later? This like, is a really weird version of that '70s show. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> um, but I would watch the hell out it. of it. 
Uh, speaking of things that I looked at the hell out of, Josh, please give me my next selection for shot of the show. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> I know that was maybe a weird segue. I forgot what my shot was. Um, yeah, you did. <laughs> this is Elle eating a peanut. Um, and part of the reason that I bring this up is so that I can say, anybody want a peanut? In a as a way to organically promote my semi recent appearance on Cheap Seat Reviews, the Ooh. podcast that reviews the Hollywood film industry for the greater good, in which I spoke, of course, of the classic American film, The Princess Bride. Thus, the line, anybody want a peanut? No more rhyming now. I mean it. So, <laughs> beyond that, though, this is like when L is in the middle of saying, I'm pretty sure you're Kira. I'm pretty sure there's two Kiras. I'm very uncomfortable because I think I'm going to die. Also, you're my best friend. He never stops eating. This is, this is, he is putting a lot of effort into putting this peanut directly on the center of his tongue because he wants people to know that he is choosing his words carefully, just like he eats his wonderful snacks carefully. I feel like it's a nervous thing that he's doing through this whole episode is eating 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 it and, does feel and, more of a like i just need to be doing something with my hands in these two episodes than it does normally i agree right all right josh go ahead and cue up the bumper for our second weekly segment which is called death quote death quote of course is the audio counterpart to shot of the show and this is where we share our favorite quotes from this week's pair of episodes we're going to continue that pattern and we'll have mrs sudden go first so josh if you don't mind play the clip and then mrs sudden take it away i can't believe how easy it was to purchase this information the world sure is a scary place i even know his home address now <laughs> that's because it's true and terrifying but um it reminds me of me and my friends in high school creeping on myspace and learning about <laughs> boys i mean not necessarily learning their addresses or anything but um you know their class schedule i don't know well, what we're can looking do for i don't know <laughs> but information um but yeah and the fact that you can find way too much out on the internet and it creeps me out so that is just all too true it's it's like the Snapchat feature where you can see exactly where somebody is if they don't turn that feature off. Did you did you not know that? I have never I don't have I've never used Snapchat. That's why I, I was like, oh, Snapchat. I don't know that. It's so Snapchat has a feature where like it'll put you on a map like exactly where you are, and if you don't turn that off, any one of your friends can see where you are at any time. It's like the Amazon delivery weird. driver or your Uber. Yeah, it's really, really weird. So it's it's a kind of a future telling scene, I feel like, because she's she's really telling you like, oh yeah, we can see where you are now, but just wait till the future. We're gonna be able to tell your exact location. Whew. I've read a lot creepy. of creepypasta stories about that, so I don't need that Uber car, Ubers, all that. None of it. None of it. It's all bad. There you go. Anyways, that's my thing. It's thanks. all bad. <laughs> uh, Brittany reminds us of our uh, one of our favorite movies, Wedding Crashers. We get a stage five red flag virgin <laughs> clinger. <laughs> um, but yes, to Callie D's point, she does sort of announce to the police, like, um, you know what? I figured out I'm going to be, everything's going to be fine. She had his home address. Why did she tell the police that, yeah, it's okay. it's a fair question. <laughs> Um, but I, I kind of picture there was like a deleted scene where she typed in moon Yagami and Google was like, do you mean light Yagami? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. 
All right, Josh, go ahead and give us Ricky D's first pick, my friend. Thank you so much. I'll try my hardest to make you love me. I promise. So I've been kind of doing these episodes since Misa showed up, and I've been going, I, I, I know she's just a pretty little girl, but I think she's dangerous. And this is just one of those moments. This was the very last line of this episode. Uh, and it just it shows that she's willing to go as far as it takes to take to take care of light. And uh, it's just I'm I'm wary. I'm wary of the Misa character. Oh, I thought you were gonna say five clinger. I thought you were gonna say nice. <laughs> uh Callie D asks, Mrs. Sudden. How do you sleep after all those true crime podcasts? I don't. I she doesn't. <laughs> and that's not why. They actually do put me to sleep. There's one that they play Rain as they tell me about all these creepy stories. And that is, um, I've been watching Unsolved Mysteries since I was like seven. So like, just yeah. go from there. I've just, and watching like horror movies, like Scream and stuff since I was like six. So like, I just, I find comfort in things like that. So weirdly, I, I but I also know everything to look for and I will never be murdered. So that is why I'm not scared. <laughs> uh, conversely, if I ever stop showing up for a sudden but inevitable, you know exactly what happened. Um, and nobody Maybe. will. Maybe. Nobody will. <laughs> Uh, to I'm sure point, wasn't she willing to kill her friend too? Yes, I believe so. Go ahead, Ricky. Sorry, I was just gonna say I'm pretty sure Mrs. Sutton knows how to cover her tracks. I was gonna say we probably wouldn't know. <laughs> It'd be one of those like that's, she hacks into the Facebook going. That's I why I'm saying it on Sweden. camera right now. Blink, blink. Like this is this is that moment. <laughs> I thought that was clear. <laughs> All right, Josh, go ahead and play your first selection for Death Quote, my friend. You can't see the lifespan of any person who possesses a death note. No kidding. I have to admit, even I wasn't aware of that little detail. I love Ryuk so much. Because he just does not GAF. Like, he's like, I, what? I, I've been a Shinigami my whole life, and I didn't even know that. That's crazy. Like, how do these gods don't know the rules to their own book it's crazy but it's also like the way he delivered yeah see again like him sitting in the room going oh what's up mrs yagami (laughs) he's like the stoner shinigami that's like i don't really know what's going on i'm just here to watch people die pretty much the stonagami um (laughs) but yes in our chat we did have confirmation yes uh misa does immediately offer to kill her friend she's like hey man i didn't send the letters i'm not an idiot i had my friend do it i'll kill her too if you need by the way like (laughs) she didn't even need a prompt it was it was totally part of her plan and i i actually think you're right there josh because it it does sort of paint this picture of him as like, wow, he was really not trying when he was like, maybe I'll just drop my death note. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he didn't, see what happens. He didn't have a plan A. That was like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. He did definitely he, dropped out of high school for sure. <laughs> out of Shinigami High School, which I think we may have had an episode about that already. Oh, no, that was the Shinigami 9 to 5. Thanks to our friend Brittany in the chat for that <laughs> yeah. episode title. Give me my first selection for Death Quote this week, Josh. Humans with Shinigami eyes only need to know the lifespan of their victims. And just as we can't see the lifespan of others of our kind, humans who possess a Death Note cannot see each other's lifespan, even with the eyes. So, yes, there was an unnecessary boob shot in that scene. And I noticed that you noticed, Ricky D., 
Here's the reason that I brought it up. Is this Rem developing feelings that she talks about in the second episode? Is this supposed to represent Rem's gaze over the back of Mesa or maybe in the mirror? Why was this shot in there? Whose point of view does that shot represent? It has to be Rem, right? That's what I'm assuming is that this is where she's like, oh, man, she's kind of hot. Maybe I'll... uh... Maybe I'll shoot my shot, slide into them DMs a little bit. I have no concept of what makes a human hot, but I think it's this. <laughs> I definitely do think that Rem is truly in love with Misa. She does seem very eager to handle any problem Misa has. And just explain everything. Whereas Ryuk is like, oh, I don't know, man. Mm, 50-50. So... I, I I honestly didn't really realize that was in there until I captured it, and then I was like, oh, why is that there? And it led me to think about it, so I'm glad that we could discuss that. Josh, if you don't mind, bring up Mrs. Sutton's second selection for Death Quote. If I see you with another girl, I'll kill her. Scary. And just because every time, we, we, have, we make this joke like every couple week, of like, weeks yeah, yeah like it's constant <laughs> like i don't i don't even know what what do we say i it's it's like anytime one of us is like i'm gonna do a thing or or like you know here's the like i'm going to the store but it was phrased in a way that was like non sequitur the other one of us will go scary <laughs> just like that is oh it's an best... inside joke thing I yeah get it. and and it's like the best like Ryuk isn't scared, right? He's only saying that to mess with light. Like, wow, dude, <laughs> your life is difficult. Like, again, Peanut Gallery, Ryuk, we love. He is our favorite. Give me Ricky D's second selection, if you don't mind, Josh. Yes, I'd seen her many times from the Shinigami realm, and then certain events made me develop feelings for her. Feelings? But you're a Shinigami. <laughs> So I was just talking about this with Jesse's uh, quote, but uh, I think that Rem is truly loves Misa. She will do anything. She's watching out for her. And again, there's Ryuk just kind of, he's, he's not as attached to light. He's just goofing around. He's just enjoying the show. Whereas Rem is an advocate for Misa. She is going to take that girl as far as she can. Yeah. This is Rem going, there's a hole in the locker room wall between the human and Shinigami realms that I like to look through sometimes. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I love Rem's voice. I just wish that she would say funnier things. Um, but I agree with you 100%, Ricky, and I don't mean to detract from your point. I just could not help myself. Oh. You know how I am. Josh, if you don't mind, go ahead and queue up your next pick for Death Quote. You can turn back now. Okay. Hey there, how's it going? Oh, look at that! You're a completely different type of Shinigami than Rem, aren't you? I already know your name. It's Ryuk, right? Nice to meet you. So, I know that was a little longer, but there's... I Not only do I like the, the quote, but I just love this whole scene in a, in a whole. Because she's seeing this Shinigami for the first time and not even terrified at all and the way that they pan this up and the way they show his face makes it look like he's trying to be a little terrifying and scare her and she's like oh yeah hey what's up dude i know your name already that's tight well nice to meet you 
and and he's kind of like, oh yeah, uh, yeah, nice to meet you too. That's a uh, uh, cool. <laughs> well, she's the only one in the room that knows how to get rid of a shinigami. So she's like, yeah, whatever. But like I said, this is also the scene where I was like, so can she see his name above his head with because she has the eyes? Well, I think because she said, I already know your name. I I would guess that Rem has explained. <laughs> oh, that him. Is the one. That's Ryuk. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, Kira. Yeah, that's probably Ryuk. <laughs> that smells it. like a total Ryuk thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I've known him for centuries. Ugh. I like that. <laughs> All right. Cue up the final pick this week for Death Quote, Josh. Mm, I suspect the purpose of this message is to hide the fact that they met. I see. What I find really strange is that it's unlike Kira to be so careless. That's true. So mm. partially I did this so that Josh could hear all the slurping, and partially I did it because this is light admitting he made a mistake in front of L without L going gotcha he's like I'm kind of surprised that Kira would be this careless and I think the next best thing is this is really him going I screwed that up how can I fix that but he's saying in front of the person that's trying to catch him and it's just this series gets so tightly wound up into little coils of tension. And I feel like this is one of those scenes where he just keeps twisting this coil and it's getting tighter and tighter and tighter. All right, Josh, that means that it is time to play the last bumper that we have. The last thing we do every week here at Sudden But Inevitable is to give a rating to the pair of episodes that we watched this week. Mrs. Sudden, as our guest, I'll have you go ahead and go first. Just give me one number that you feel about these two episodes as a whole out of ten. Ten being the best. Nine, because I laugh every single time. Even when I think about it, like randomly. So yes, nine. I love it. Mm-hmm. Ricky D, what do you got, my friend? I'm going to go with 6.5. I was a little disappointed in this week's episodes, and that was 6.5, just to uh, repeat that. I I don't like the Misa character, and so that's kind of snagging me a little bit, and I also thought these were a little bit slower episodes. Not a whole lot happened. It was just meeting with Misa and you know threatening to kill any girls that Light might date, or it just it didn't seem like a whole lot happened in these episodes. 6.5. More setup than execution. Mm-hmm. Josh, what do you got? I'm going to go with a 7.5. Um, about the same kind of reaction as, as Ricky, but I'm also still intrigued as to where the story is going to go now. I feel like L is going to be an afterthought of this series by the time we get done with it. And there's going to be a lot more to do with it. You know, it's... Obviously, it's, what, 36 episodes? 34, 35? Okay, so it's, we got a lot of episodes to go, over 20. And so I'm I'm just kind of spitballing here, but I think L's going to be... He was like the first obstacle of light, and I'm interested to see what the next obstacle is going to be because I, I feel like Misa is going to create something a little bit more hardcore than L. I'm going to go with an eight. I think for similar reasons as Mrs. Sutton, I really enjoy the comedy in these two episodes. I like 
the moment where Elle is going, hey, man, I think we're friends. Rhea kind of makes fun of Light for that. And it does sort of add another layer to, like, <clears throat> okay, maybe Light is having human feelings. We can't tell what's going on here. There's some new relationship stuff happening. So I'm going to give it an 8, which gives us a 7.75 out of 10 for this pair of episodes. And I think that's not too bad. I think that's right around our average for Death Note so far. And it's kind of average. Below average, know. I think. But yeah, yeah. and it's but it's you know right at average for math in general. Uh, sure. So <laughs> I I think that's going to be it for as far as our segments go this week, you guys. We don't really have much else to cover outside of additional things that we have been up to. And I, I know, Josh, that you have been up to a lot of additional things. So I'm going to go ahead and mm-hmm. have you go first. Josh, if the folks out there need more of you, what should they do? Look, I'm up to a lot. Like, I finally feel like I'm in a place where I can, like, focus on things that I actually love to do. One of those things is podcasting. And I have been really trying to get into a promotional realm of things. So obviously we got Quest Me going on. You can follow us on Twitter at Quest Me TMA. Um, any of the shows you see on on live, um, you can find on YouTube, youtube.com slash twistmyarmpodcast. And also if you go to twistmyarm.net, that's our actual website for all of our different shows. Now, that being said, I just started a TikTok for the network where I'm posting shorts and just random little videos um, from different shows. So if you're interested in that, there's also a couple cat videos. I mean, let's be honest. Trev is adorable. It's the internet. But um, if you're if you're interested in that, at TMA Network is the handle for that one. Um, and it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with it. So just like Roy for uh, the Intrepid DM, just like Roy, he's he's been really digging into the TikTok. I'm kind of following suit there. And it's it's been a good time. So um, come check out some of that stuff. But really the main thing, Quest Me, we're talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi. And we do that every Tuesday at about... 8.30 Mountain Standard Time, um, and we're, it's it's been a lot of fun. The first two episodes were wonderful. Last week we had Phil on. This week we have Cameron from Green Shirt Podcast and also Open Pike Night coming on to talk about some Star Wars. I feel like Cameron is a Trek sexual like me, so we swing both ways, and it's going to be fun to talk to him about some, some wars. Um, and I, I'll also be on Open Pike here in a couple weeks for episode seven. So that'll be fun. Um, but other than that, I mean, just hit up, you know, twistmyarm.net. And uh, I've been keeping up with stuff a lot more lately and making sure that things are the way they used to be about a year ago. <laughs> and it's it's been fun. Ricky D, have you got anything you'd like to share with the fine folks this week, my friend? Yeah, there's, of course, Best Flicks of Ricky D. I'm going to get that up and rolling again pretty soon here. And also, there is a new social media called Vouch Vault that I'm kind of working on and trying to get going with that. But it basically, it's all about branding. Uh, and it's you find people that you like similar branding with. So uh, I'm going to be focusing on movies and TV shows. And somebody could follow me and go, okay, this guy likes The Sopranos and The Wire. So he likes the same stuff I do. So I'm going to also watch Barry because I get that recommendation from him. Or maybe it's somebody that likes Star Trek. I wouldn't interact with that person. So I don't want their recommendations, 
But I could go, okay, well, I don't need to pay attention to these recommendations. I'm going to focus this over here. So it kind of, it's like saying there's not necessarily any bad brands. You just have to choose your taste and follow what you're interested in. So I think it's a really interesting idea. Uh, it's being done by Jay Chandrasekhar. He was uh, the... Um, Broken Lizard. Yes, Broken Lizards. He was the lead cop on Super Troopers. With the mustache. So it, Yes. <laughs> so it sounds really interesting. It sounds like something I would be interested in. I do... Uh, I have a lot of strong feelings about branding either positively or negatively so check out vouch vault i'll have more information next week about what all i've been doing on there but it sounds like a kind of interesting idea i think it's cool that ricky d from best flicks with ricky d is doing something related to branding because best flicks with ricky d is branding that was invented out of nowhere and now it's like your official name i mean people yeah. from other, po other other shows call you that and you uh, like shows that you haven't even been on people are like ricky mm -hmm. d from best flicks with ricky d now, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, Mrs. Sutton, is there anything that you feel like you have to say before we get out of here tonight? I'm listening to a really good podcast called Crimes and Cocktail with Lauren Ash from um, Superstore. She's amazing. And on Resolved Mysteries, they are these three girls that talk exactly like me, kind of get drunk, and talk about all the episodes of Unsolved Mysteries. So those are great. Yep. They're not mine. <laughs> Now, to plug a thing that is ours, yeah. <laughs> uh, Josh did mention, of course, Open Pike Night, which is the Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast that I am a part of. Please watch Strange New Worlds along with us and send in your 90-second audio clip as each episode drops with all your thoughts, feelings, questions, and reactions to openpike at gmail.com to get on the stage. Other than that, you can follow me on Twitter at Sudden Butt. You can follow the show on Instagram at Sudden But Inevitable Podcast. Or you can watch us here live every Friday night at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Time at YouTube.com slash TwistMyArmPodcast. I would like to take this opportunity to say thank you one more time to everybody from our live chat tonight. That includes Callie. That includes Rona. That's Robert. That's Angelus. That's Brittany. I think that's everybody. Thank you all Ryan. so much. Ryan Archuleta was here. Thank you for being here and participating in our fun Celebrity Crush segments and, you know, talking a little bit of trash with us. Thanks for being here. And look at that. Thanks for coming, Mrs. Sutton. Loved having you back. Thanks. Yeah, it's it was... I think last time you were on Mrs. Sutton, I wasn't here. Yes. And it's, uh, it's really good to actually podcast with you because... <laughs> Been a while. I missed it. It was like Callie. I missed uh, like all the cool podcasts because you know you've missed whatever, a few. It was, it was good to see you. We'll have to yeah, we'll was, have to reconcile to a few of them. But yeah, yeah. For the sign-off order this evening, we'll go you and then Ricky and then Josh and then me. So for sudden but inevitable, I have been your host Jesse. I'm Joanna. This is Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. And this is Josh. And if I catch you listening to any other podcasts, I'll kill them. Thank you for listening to Sudden But Inevitable. Follow us on Twitter at Sudden But. Find us on Instagram at Sudden But Inevitable Podcast. To get everything all in one place, go to twistmyarm.net slash SBI. And join the show live in the chat at youtube.com slash twistmyarmpodcast. Sudden But Inevitable is a Twist My Arm podcast. The views and opinions expressed on this show are held solely by those speaking them.